Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Friday, December 17th. A final map of new city council districts. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. A new feasibility study out from the Metropolitan Transit System says extending the trolley to the San Diego airport is not only possible, but it could be done in 10 years. The study looked at three different options for construction, an elevated guideway off Laurel Street, and two underground options at Hawthorne. MTS staff favored the underground option along Hawthorne Street and authorized staff to pursue federal and state grants for the project. The first ever virtual county opioid summit for school children was live streamed to hundreds of campuses on Thursday morning. It was sponsored by the district attorney's office and other organizations committed to stopping an epidemic that's killing as many as 1,000 people a year, most of it from fentanyl and other opiates. District attorney Summer Steffen says middle and high school students are the target audience. It's a true crisis, and if we don't get that information to them, we can't be at every corner trying to protect them. Last year, 19 children under the age of 18 died of opiate-related overdoses in San Diego County. A major bottleneck for people crossing the border at Otay Mesa is now eliminated. A ribbon-cutting ceremony was held on Thursday to celebrate the opening of connector bridges linking the 125 to the eastbound 905 and eastbound 11. The bridges mean vehicle traffic will no longer have to navigate surface streets in the area. More than 90% of the project's funding came from federal and state sources, the rest from local governments. The bridges officially open today. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hey, hey, hey. This is Parker Edison, host of the Parker Edison Project on KPBS. The cool thing about joining KPBS is you make one simple donation, and that money ripples into supporting everything else you see and hear on KPBS including podcasts like this one you're listening to right now, making a place for fresh voices and perspectives to be heard. And that's music to my ears. Become a member today. Just go to kpbs.org, click that blue Give Now button, and donate what you can. All right? Thanks. San Diego now has a new map of city council districts. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says the city's Independent Redistricting Commission approved new district boundaries on Wednesday. The new map unites some neighborhoods, including Claremont and Rancho Penasquitos, into a single council district. Right now, those are split between two districts. But the map also splits up other neighborhoods to even out each district's population. Mission Valley will straddle three council districts. Redistricting Commission Chair Tom Hebrank says trade-offs were unavoidable. Mission was not able to keep every community whole without violating other redistricting principles and maintaining an equal population balance, and it was necessary to split some of the communities in the final map and plan. The map passed on a 7-2 vote. 
The two dissenters said the commission's refusal to create one coastal district came at the expense of everyone else, especially disadvantaged and minority communities. UCSD students were also unhappy that their campus will be split between two districts after months of calling for the university to be separated from La Jolla and grouped with the more diverse University City. The final map was drawn based on 2020 census data. The next redistricting process in the city won't happen for another 10 years. And that was KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen. More community gardens and better broadband could soon be coming to San Diego. KPBS Speak City Heights reporter Jacob Ayer says that's after the city council approved 33 code updates. These updates come from changes to the land development code. The city's development project manager, Simon C., says one of the code updates will create a faster process to install 5G fiber optic equipment. In short, the code update is intended to increase equity and access by streamlining our permitting process for data access and to allow for increased capacity. Ultimately, uh, this will benefit everyone in the city of San Diego, including those who continue to telecommute, small businesses, educators, and our health sectors. Community gardens will also now be allowed in designated open space parks. The previous code made it difficult for San Diegans to grow nutritious foods on city-owned spaces within their communities says Lauren Welch, co-chair of San Diego Promise Zone Healthy Communities. There are these challenges where, where community parks or food, food forests are not allowed in spaces. And, and, you know, to do it, it's a lot of paperwork and it's a lot of time and effort or you can't do it at all or, you know, wait till you're, you've had four grandkids and come back. It's just it wasn't useful and it wasn't, you know, the, the timing or the challenges, the red tape got in the way. Spaces to grow fresh food are key for communities like City Heights that are considered food deserts, mostly low-income areas that lack grocery stores that sell healthy food options. This code amendment helps for communities to put together gardens, for community groups to put together spaces, for shared spaces for food. So, you know, people to, I made a whole bunch of cucumbers, you have a whole bunch of tomatoes, to learn how to grow, to learn how to share and co-op that food. It just really allows and makes everything a lot easier. The city makes updates to the land development code yearly. Suggestions can be submitted year-round by visiting the city planning department webpage. You have until the end of March to suggest ideas for next year. And that was KPBS Speak City Heights reporter Jacob Baer. This week, the Navy outlined its case against a sailor accused of setting fire to the USS Bonham Richard in 2020. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh says the hearings showed how difficult it can be to prove arson. Seaman apprentice Ryan Sawyer Mays was in court for the first time charged with arson and hazarding a vessel in the fire that destroyed the USS Bonham Richard in July 2020. We learned the U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms sent its national response team to San Diego. They spent four months combing through the wreckage before declaring the fire was arson. Defense experts, including former ATF fire investigator Phil Fouts, poke holes in their conclusions saying they couldn't rule out lithium-ion batteries or sparks from inside a forklift parked in the bay where the fire broke out. It is one of the tougher crimes to prove, and it it does have a a relatively low clearance rate, uh, according to the FBI Uniform Crime Reports. 
Robert Shaw is a former fire investigator with ATF who now works with Gulf Coast Fire in Florida. Sometimes you can prove it's arson, but you can't prove who did it. Sometimes you can't prove it's arson, so you never get to who did it. So there are a lot of complicating factors in uh, arson cases that are not uh, associated with other crimes. Naval Criminal Investigative Service interviewed Mays for more than nine hours on August 20th, 2020, before taking him into custody. Mays lied about details of his time in SEAL basic training. He said that the Navy sucked, but he never admitted to setting the fire. A military police officer testified that as Mays learned that he was being taken into custody, a dejected Mays said, I guess I did it. But even she wasn't sure whether he was serious. Seaman Mays is presumed innocent. He has continued to maintain his innocence with regard to these allegations. Gary Bartell is Mays' civilian attorney. He spoke briefly at the end of the three days of hearings. Prosecutors portrayed Mays as hating the Navy. Well, obviously his attitude has changed now, given the allegations that have been made against him. But he's always been, his intent was always to return back to Bud's and, and be a SEAL. The Navy painted Mays as upset about being sent to a ship after he voluntarily left training to be a SEAL called Basic Underwater Demolition Seal at Coronado. Bud's is famously difficult with a high failure rate. Anyone who doesn't make it is sent to the regular Navy. It's actually a problem, says Lawrence Brennan, a former naval officer and a law professor at Fordham University. They, they go back to his days when he was in Bud's, when he wanted to be a SEAL. You know, it's a problem when you have a smart person who is frustrated and goes from the world where he thinks he's going to be a SEAL and then gets sent to a ship where he or she is given a cruddy job. The Navy declared the USS Bonhomme Shard a total loss after the fire burned for more than four days in San Diego. Though no one died, it was still a very public failure for the Navy. There is pressure to find out who is responsible, says outside arson investigator Robert Shaw. I would say the higher the profile of the case, the more pressure there is on the government to have accountability. Um, so here you've lost a, you know, a multi-billion dollar vessel. The hearing officer will likely take several weeks to review the testimony and reports before recommending to the admiral in charge of the third fleet whether Mays should face court-martial. The legal standard is probable cause, which is not an overly high bar. If it goes to trial, the burden to prove that it was arson will be higher. And that was KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh. Coming up on the podcast, the evolution of James Bond in musical theater. Well, back when I played uh, Bond, James Bond, uh, we had laser battles in space and inflatable gondolas. And uh, now it's all nanobots and uh, bionic eyes, so completely different. We'll take you backstage for a musical version of 007 that opens tonight at the Coronado Playhouse. That's next, just after the break. Hello, podcast listener. Full disclosure, I'm going to make some assumptions about you. This probably isn't the only podcast you enjoy. Blink if I'm right. <laughs> it's probably not the only thing you watch or listen to on KPBS either. If I'm right about that, then I'm guessing you make it a point to check in on a regular basis to see what's new, take in the latest and greatest, 
and then you go back to your daily life until we happily come together again. We're sort of like a virtual buffet. When you're hungry for information and entertainment, you go to KPBS and want to eat, uh, consume all you can, right? Well, you should know that when you become a member of KPBS, you're keeping the entire TV, radio, and online trays full of fresh ideas, like the tasty podcast you're enjoying right now. Help feed your appetite for KPBS. Become a member today. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. Thank you. Actor Tom Stewart puts his obsession with James Bond into a 2008 San Diego International Fringe show called One Man Bond. For the show, he channels all six actors who have played Bond and condensed all of the films into one hour. KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando has been following the evolution of the show, which now returns as James Bond the Musical at the Coronado Playhouse this weekend. When asked what music defines James Bond, most people would think of this. But not Tom Stewart. I, on the other hand, am very interested in this kind of shadow world of Bond music, which is the Bond themes that were submitted to the producers but rejected. Or the songs that were specifically recorded as background. To never really be heard, so I wanted to bring all that to light because the show has always been a kind of alternative, skewed perspective on the Bond film. So I wanted a musical soundtrack that also addressed that. And that's the soundtrack you'll hear in James Bond the Musical, one of the results of Stewart's lifelong obsession with James Bond. You know, I've been watching Bond films since I was a child, and over the years it sort of becomes like a lexicon that you carry with you through life. So when it came time to sort of devise a solo show for myself, like a, like a showcase, this was, for me at least, the obvious choice because I was so invested in it. Back in 2018, Stewart was looking for a project to showcase his talents, and he decided to tap into his knowledge of Ian Fleming's MI6 agent for a San Diego International Fringe show. The result was One Man Bond, which condensed all 24 Bond movies into a single rapid-fire hour. I admire your luck, Mr. Bond. James Bond. Hat! Money, Penny, give us a kiss before they declare what I'm doing sexual harassment. It started as a show that was as, as basic as could be, that, you know, I could literally take anywhere and do. So because of that, it's always been extremely flexible and adaptable to, you know, to take to theatres and say, uh, I, you know, I have, I have this show and we can make it as big as you want or as small as you want. And the joy of this show is always kind of reinventing it each time based on the place that you're performing. Now he's revamped the show for the cabaret style of Coronado Playhouse and created James Bond the Musical. In addition to rejected theme songs and incidental music, there are comic flights of fancy, like a sung summary of Spectre. I do something different with Spectre every time based on the kind of show I'm doing. So because it's a musical... I wanted to have a, a kind of musical version of the film Spectre. And that's what we've done here, specifically a William Shatner spoken word version of the movie, um, uh, inspired by the Hollies, he ain't heavy, it's my brother. He's my brother. <laughs> but I'm Bond. But not Bond enough to carry. 
the new show has added the latest entry in the 007 franchise, No Time to Die. So you can now enjoy all 25 movies and go from Sean Connery. I'm glad the man henceforth known as Q put all those things in my luggage. To Daniel Craig. I'm glad it's over. Hate being James Bond. All in one night. The end of George Lazenby's career. Stewart has done intense research to find not only obscure musical tidbits, but also fascinating behind-the-scenes trivia about the Bond movies. So whether you're a casual consumer of 007 or a diehard fan, the show will entertain you with facts, humorous insights, and one fan's obsessive examination of decades of Bond films. Bang! I shot Scaramanga by fooling him into thinking I was a man. It's a fascinating little niche culture that we've appeared to uh, have tread into. (laughs) As a lifelong Bond fan, I put my nerdy seal of approval on this hilarious and surprisingly informative summation of all things 007. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. James Bond the Musical runs tonight through Sunday at the Coronado Playhouse. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful weekend.